0: Welcome to our next episode. For this intro, we've drafted
1: an ode. Over winter break, the muse sang to read more and write more, and to life, this poem sprang. To celebrate the brilliant Carol Jago, who inspires. Her bookwrecks and insights consistently alight
2: our fire.
0: 30 plus years as a teacher, literacy, advocate, and potent preacher of poetry, close reading, and visual texts. She is also an editor, director, and past NCTE-PREZ. Her message to us all, to grow readers, spread the word, to build empathy, our emotions stir. Provide graphic novels and visuals to captivate students thinking we shall activate. To model what we espouse, students see us read for pleasure, and this allows, a gift of words and lifelong learning, new thoughts and ideas sprouting and churning.
1: To point out what students have done well, luxuriate in poetry, savor and dwell. Titles of texts she will curate and endorse. Our Amazon carts are now full, of course. Give kids access to wondrous reads,
0: fill your classrooms with robust libraries but alas our claim is not finished with this short verse carol and Anne marie in this podcast proceed to converse with this next ed chat chapter we questioned this literacy master and we hope you'll agree you'll concur that the counsel we
1: receive from carol shall endure Okay, we're sitting down with Ms. Carol Jago. Thank you so much for joining us. We are at the Kate conference and we're very excited to get started. That would be the California Association of Teachers of English conference. And so thank you for taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure, Anne-Marie. There's nothing I'd rather talk about than reading and writing. I am going to ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing your professional background with our listeners happy to happy to
2: i've been a middle and high school english teacher for 32 years then i was elected president of the national council of teachers of english and i always thought i'd go back into the classroom but way has just led on to way and so now i work with teachers all over the country i uh, serve on the national assessment governing board and uh, I'm just having an extraordinary second
1: professional life that I never never planned for. Benefiting a lot of people. I <laughs> so hope thank so. thank you. <laughs> I hope so. In a past interview, you stated that you worry as much about students who don't read as much as you worry about students who can't. Um, can you explain what you meant by that statement and perhaps how a classroom teacher might address this very real concern that many teachers have? I don't want to undermine the extraordinary work primary teachers
2: do in teaching children to read. But I think if we don't continue that momentum and help students become readers, actually choose to read, uh, we are in real danger. We are really in, in danger of our students not possessing the literacy that they need, not only for college and career, but really for life, for citizenry. And so I am, am very, very passionate about ways that classroom teachers create communities of readers. And this has to do with a, a robust independent reading program, a, a, a classroom where talking about books, thinking about books, looking at a lot of books, is part and
1: parcel of the the instructional curriculum what might you say to the parents at home to support those same students that are in the classroom at an early age you want to
2: you know what everybody has been saying forever you want to read read to your student to right. your children but also where possible to talk to your children about your reading life the magazines you're reading something you saw online and also, it can be enormously helpful. If you see your student, your child is reading something, read it with them. Mm-hmm. Then you have something to talk about. Middle school kids, how was school? Fine. <laughs> then that's <laughs> What'd it. What did you, What'd you
1: th- learn today? Nothing. Nothing. That's mm-hmm. fine. And so reading with your child... Gives you something to talk about. Anybody that does follow you on Twitter at Carol Jago or is familiar with your work or has seen you speak, you are constantly recommending new books and titles, which I-, I love and appreciate for teachers to bring into the classroom for this robust program. But what advice might you offer to teachers? and parents who do not identify as a reader. So where might they begin? Because you mentioned, you know, pull from your reading life. But there there are many adults who, who identify as a non-reader, let's say. So where could they begin? I would begin
2: with the American Library Association's book awards. And not just to focus on the winners, but all of the honor books, in my opinion, are usually equally great. The winner... It happens for many, many complicated, sometimes political reasons. But nothing makes it to those honor lists for the National Book Award for young readers, uh, the Orbis Pictus Awards for children's, best children's nonfiction. You don't get on that list unless it's an
1: extraordinarily wonderful, wonderful book. From your experience, you believe that educators have been offering students, quote, extraordinarily thin prompts for their writing. So would you mind giving us some examples of what some of these prompts might be and then how teachers might be able to augment their writing instruction in that area?
2: Most of us were imitating the kind of prompts that students used to be asked on old writing assessments. Okay. Should the school year be longer? like what 12-year-old thinks the school year should be longer. <laughs> uh, true. But we did that, and the assessments did that because psychometricians told us we can't conflate reading and writing. Mm. Fortunately, in the new world of assessment that we're looking at, people have persuaded the psychometricians to get over it, that, okay. that what we need to, to do is integrate reading and writing. And so before we ask create a prompt, we're going to build a whole lot of background knowledge through a bouquet of reading, a collection of reading, maybe across genres, so that when students come to that prompt, they can draw from multiple texts instead of just drawing from what they know about the subject, which is
1: often very, very thin. Right. So no more that pretend to be a raindrop, which I did before in my class when we studied the... um, water cycle okay (laughs) in the article you wrote that was titled writing is taught not caught you contend that students have to frequently um, write and write across the curriculum so in your opinion would you say that the burden of responsibility for teaching writing still remains on the shoulders of the english teacher or have you seen a shift with the common core
2: in most schools the burden of responsibility is still on the shoulders of the English teachers. But in the February issue of Educational Leadership, Kelly Gallagher has written an article describing what's happened in Anaheim Union School District, Mm -hmm. where the district itself embraces a school-wide disciplinary literacy writing across the curriculum program. Without that kind of initiative... You'll get a lot of teachers across the discipline who'll nod their heads and say, good idea, good idea. But ultimately, handling the paper load gets in the way. And I Mm -hmm. don't blame them. Nobody likes to grade papers. But if our students aren't writing, it's not only that they'll never become good writers, it's also that they're not going to be learning the content very well. Because writing isn't just a performance, it's also a vehicle For learning more deeply what it is that you actually do know about a subject.
1: I listened to one of your interviews and immediately pulled this quote. You stated that democracy demands a very high level of literacy. So, can you share what you meant by that statement? So much
2: of what is going to be expected of our students in life to make decisions, make decisions about things that will affect the human rights forever, climate change, issues of, of immigration, mm-hmm. of borders, of what it means to be a nation, what it means to be a global citizen. These issues are not simple. They don't, genetically modified seeds. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are no yes or no answers to what's best for the human race. And what we need to help our students be able to do is have the stamina to read complex scientific issues and to explore different points of view, to argue logically. Democracy demands argument. And what that kind of discourse, if you
1: don't get a lot of practice of it in school, you're not going to be good at it for the rest of your life. So, at the end of each interview, we have a segment called Tomorrow, This Week, This Month. With so many changes occurring in 21st century education and learning, what advice can you give to teachers or families to try tomorrow, to try this week, and to try this month? I think tomorrow,
2: everybody can can think about talking with students about what it is you're reading and seeing. And this could be reading online. This could be any any aspect. It doesn't mean to be talk to them about Macbeth, but right. but just to to so that all students can begin to see that reading is what people do. In terms of this week, go on and get a library card. It, it, the, the the libraries, uh, in, in in the library is that whole potential for. Anything you need. You know, they're becoming library media centers. Mm-hmm. It's Internet as well. The things you can borrow, how you can interact with your library uh, online and off. Uh, it's an undervalued and mm-hmm. underutilized uh, resource in, in, in our communities. And then, longer term, mm-hmm. I think we, we absolutely need to invest in classroom libraries because not everybody is going to get to that neighborhood library, and a lot of school libraries are losing their librarians, and I I don't want that to happen, Mm -hmm. But, but... if, if it can't happen at, in a major library, we've got to make sure that, that it, it, it can happen inside our classrooms. And teachers can't always be pulling out of their pockets. So I mean, if I were in charge of the world, I'd give every teacher English teacher in America $5,000 every single year to keep that library robust and fresh and full of the books that students will grab off the shelves and maybe they won't even return them, but that's not a bad
1: thing. There could be a whole chain of readers in that family that that book is getting to. Thank you so much. I just got chills thinking about $5,000 a year to build my classroom library, it would be amazing. So thank you so much, we really appreciate it. It's always enlightening, it is always inspirational and really quite simple in terms of what we can do to really change and help our students. So thank you very much. You're welcome as promised wise words from the sage every stakeholder we must engage
0: the occasion requires we do not hesitate tomorrow this week this month we shall elevate The literate lives of future generations, our progress is based on these foundations. Our democracy demands high levels of literacy, of which preserving, we press our listeners most ardently. Thank you for subscribing to our show. Each month, we release a new
1: episode. If this episode with Carol resonates, please share this podcast with all those who educate. That was fun, guys. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) Awesome.
0: We are looking for kids to read our next Kids Outro for a future episode. So visit our Facebook page or www.cnusd.k12.ca.us slash edchat to learn more. And here's our first submission. Hi, my name is Dominique and I'm in first grade. If you would like to comment on the podcast, go to cnusd.com. Dot dot and be sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CNUSD edchat chat to let them know the topics you are interested in. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by leaving a 5-star review. We greatly appreciate your support. This episode was co-produced by Kate Jackson, Anne-Marie Cortez, Ivy Yule Eldridge, and me, Kim Kemmer, and was edited by Ken Pucci. And a special thanks to Kate for composing our poetry for this episode. Thank you. See you next
1: time. See you next time.
0: Take care. (laughs)